Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. Episode 3, Andrew Schnitker, Wilson Times Sports Reporter and Wilson Times Sports Editor Paul Durham coming at you. And Paul, we've got some uh, some interesting, surprising stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we're getting deep into uh, the seasons, um, football, volleyball, soccer, cross country. Everything's kind of coming to a head as we hit. We're in October. It's October. It's time to talk about it. Yeah, it's. I mean, that 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 just kind of feels crazy to me. Like I was, I was working on our weekly football preview story today, and I was just kind of sitting there, like, "Holy smokes! Like we're in the last month of the football regular season already." Like yeah, this is week eight. It just seemed like yesterday we were talking about going to practice. Yeah, for the first time, but that's what happens. But there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, well, it's it's a little cooler outside now than it was when we were first going to practice. But the conference races are heating up, and we've got some surprises. I want to start with the Quad County Conference because if you look at this conference, it's a little bit tight coming down the stretch because you've got two teams at the top at three and zero, Southern Wayne bringing up the rear. At 0-3, I think West Johnson is 2-1, and and then a bunch of 1-2 and teams. So still a lot of different possibilities and combinations for how the entire order could shake out. But who would have thought we'd be sitting here talking about C.B. Acock and Smithfield-Selma on a collision course for the top of that conference? Not me, that's for sure. I think when Thomas Zietlow, who's the second-year varsity head coach at Acock, has done a great job um, getting the Golden Falcons in the contention in the Clyde County. I mean, they, they're going to play fight Friday night. They've already beaten Hunt. So they've got a, a big one. And then Smithfield-Selma, we were talking. I mean, Smithfield-Selma had arguably the worst football program of any high school in eastern North Carolina for a long time. I mean, they, they just, I, you know, I don't know how many games they won, but they might have won three games in like seven years or something like that. And, of course, I'm probably going to get a call from somebody. Like no, they didn't, but, you know, Triple S was terrible for, for a long time, and now here they are uh, with ACOC on a collision course, I guess, because they haven't lost. Uh, if those two get to uh, play each other and they're both unbeaten, it's going to be quite a game. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting one to watch. And you look, if I had to bet on somebody to win the conference right now, I would probably go with Smithfield-Selma just because they've played the tougher schedule thus far. They still have games left against Southern Wayne and East Wake, who look to be kind of the two weakest teams in this conference. Yeah. But, they're, they're, you know, so there's still stuff up for grabs. I, you know, it's been a rough, after all the high expectations for Fike, it's been pretty rough. You know, they've lost back-to-back games to South Johnston and Smithfield-Selma. But, like, they, you look at their schedule, they've still got East Wake and right. Southern Wayne. So, we, we, you know, and Hunt just played Southern Wayne. They've got East Wake this week. So there's still some possibilities for our local teams here. Right, Winning, because they haven't lost badly. That's the whole point. Yeah. Smithfield-Selma barely got past five. They barely got past Hunt. They needed a fourth-quarter comeback to they beat Hunt. didn't get past Hunt by a lot. Um, and then uh, and, uh, Hunt barely lost to uh, Smithfield-Selma, too, right? So, I mean, yeah. so Acock and Fike is the last one. I mean, there's not a whole lot separating them except for the, the losses. They lost the game, so they can't get those back. Um, but yeah, it, there's nothing that says ACOC and, and Triple S are going to end up unbeaten. They, they're negotiating their way through it. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But who would have ever said ACOC and Triple S were the, were the two top teams over you know halfway through the season? 
Definitely not us. Yeah, it's it's been a uh, but you know, hey, that's why it's fun. That's why they they play the games yeah. and you see how it shakes out and it's it really is going to be fascinating to me again, not just to see you know how that top of the conference shakes out potentially between Smithfield, Selma and CBA, but kind of the rest of it and who might be able to grab, you know, get to five or so wins and grab or six wins, you know, grab some of those extra playoff spots out of this conference. But moving forward to another one, Wilson Prep, coming off, you know, I think it was a 19 to six win, couldn't really get the offense going, had a couple pick sixes, a fumble recovery to lead to a short touchdown, and then went over Weldon. But that's kind of the mark of a good team that you almost like to see in terms of being able to find ways to win, kind of when everything's not working out. Yeah, and the Tigers have done a good job of that. They have pulled out some wins this year, and you know, they're just going to take them all right now. Whatever, everything's gravy for them this year. It's their very first. They didn't even have a coach. They didn't have a team. They didn't have a field. They didn't have a field, but they didn't have goalposts um, just a few months ago. And now here they are. You know, they're. It's all going to come down to this for Wilson Prep. They have to play Northampton County next Friday night. Yeah, and. If they win that game, they have a good shot at winning that conference. They, they'll have a great shot. They have one loss, but um, North Edgecombe is probably going to – they've already lost more than one. So, you know, Wilson Prep wins out, they'll win the conference. Yeah, and that game at Northampton County, I mean, that looks like by far their tallest task of the season. I think Northampton County is 5-0 and in conference play, maybe has one loss overall. No, they haven't lost in conference, but they have uh, – I don't know if they're 5-0. They're but they could be, but you know, it's also worth pointing out Coach Philip Dickens is a Northampton graduate. So that'll uh, that'll that'll have a double meaning for him then. Yeah, sure. I think he's still learning about Northampton. I think he feels you know, he, that's a team he can compete with because of his history there. So I mean, the, the Tigers have a lot in front of them, and they can still get a lot done. Of course, you know, once you get in the state playoffs, then they'll have to play Tarbor at some point if they keep winning. So I don't know how ambitious their their real goals are this year but hey look just just play and, and keep trying to to win and, and do the best you can i think it's they're so far ahead of where they should be right now it's like i said it's great yeah exactly wouldn't wouldn't that be quite the uh welcome to the 1a north carolina high school football seat uh scene of playoff game against tarboro yeah well i mean i think coach dickens embraces that he knows at some point they're gonna play 1a be good football they're gonna have to play tarboro that's right, especially uh, here in this eastern region. You look at another conference race that really is just getting started because the new six just started last week. Right. We keep talking about Benningfield and the turnaround they've made. They're 3-3 three and three now. They're coming off a, a 36 nothing win over Goldsboro at Fike last week because they're, they're still repairs to their track. Look, I'm not trying to downplay that win for Benningfield and what Benningfield has done here. Goldsboro's bad. They Goldsboro might. is horrible. They, they definitely should have won that game. This week, it's a, it's a little bit of a test. Homecoming, North Johnston. That's a game I feel like Bennyfield can win if they play the way they have the last few games. Um, but it, it's not it's not something that we can all look at going into. And go, oh yeah, they're going to win that game. I mean, Goldsboro is terrible. They're having a horrible year. So yeah. Bennyfield did what they were supposed to do. This week's going to be interesting. They're not playing at home. They're playing at Barton. Yeah, first high school game at Barton ever. I, I just think that's such a cool thing that these teams get to do because you think about, you know, some of these kids on these teams are going to go on to play college football, but the, just the reality is most of them won't. So for a lot of these kids, 
this might be the only chance they ever get to play a, a football game in a college stadium. Yeah, and, you know, Bettyville is not going to play a home game this year. Their track is still going. They have one more game scheduled. I've already heard that they're not going to play. It's going to be at five. And so they're, they're going to go the whole year without playing a home game, which is inconceivable to me, but it's beyond the control of, of you know, Coach Ben Ellis or Jody O'Neill, the athletic director of Bettyville, or any of those kids. And it just is the way it is. So it's kind of neat that they are getting to play a homecoming game at Barton on Friday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and I think it's neat, too, that they get to play these all the, you know, the the home games that they had scheduled, at least here in Wilson, you know, that it works out with Fike's schedule for them to get to play those games there so that they get to play some in front, at least, you know, still, you know, their home crowd can still come out and see them, especially if they keep it up. You know, again, last week we expected them to win that game, but coming out and taking care of business in those games that you're just expected to win is kind of part of that step in that evolution of trying to become a good program. And Bettingfield showed that ability to do that. Like you said, now we see what happens for them in a little bit more of a contest this week against North Johnston. Yeah, and frankly, they're going to have to keep winning if they want to go um, to the playoffs. They haven't won enough yet, I think, to assure themselves of getting in. So they really need to keep winning. I mean, they, they probably don't have to win their conference to get into wild card. But, I mean, you know, from where they were last year to the beginning of this year, the first couple of games, now we're actually having a legitimate conversation about Betty Hill hosting a state playoff game in football. And I think it's, you know, it's not out of out of whack you know, to think that way. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a legitimate chance. But, you know, they, they've got to win the games they need to win. And Princeton's probably going to be tough. But if they can win every other game besides Princeton, they'll go. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the Eastern Wayne on the road will be a tough game for them. They've got that last home game, like you said, at Fike, is against Spring Creek. Spring Creek might not be the worst team in the conference this year because, as we just said, Goldsboro exists. But they, yeah. but that's still a game that you – that's the only – at Spring Creek is the only game technically, you know, you had the forfeit against Hunt, but that's the only game that Bettingfield won on the field – Last right. year, and I think the Bruins are growing in confidence, and they've got some athletes, and they're realizing that to a you know, all it takes is a handful of athletes. You don't have to have thirty great players to do well um, all the time, and so it's 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 building for the Bruins, and I'm excited for them because I you know man they've gone through a lot in the last couple. Yeah, years. no, it's definitely good to see that for them. Looking at one last high school conference here. The Big East with Southern Nash, they were off last week. They're returning to play. This one's going to be interesting, too, because you've got Northern Nash at 2-0. and Nash Central and Franklinton are both 2-1. and Roanoke Rapids is 0-3. Everyone else, including Southern Nash, coming off that off week is 1-1. and If Southern Nash, it's all still in front of Southern Nash. I mean, we know we talked about them only really needing to win the 3A, but if they went out, and Nash Central loses one game, they can still win this whole conference. Sure, and Nash Central's going to lose a game because I think they'll have to think Northern Nash. You know, I think they've already lost to Northern Nash, haven't they? they North, Southern Nash, is, it all comes down to Southern Nash versus Northern Nash, and that's what it did last year. Northern Nash won in overtime and won the conference. Um, and so that's what's going to happen when they play, I think, in two weeks. Yeah, and I can... Two weeks from this Friday night. Yeah, and I got I got to be it. That was one of that was actually because I think the first game I covered was Princeton at Bettingfield on a Thursday night. So I think actually the very first Friday night football game I covered last year was that overtime game 
between Northern Nash and Southern Nash. And that was an incredible football game. So definitely looking forward down the road to seeing yeah. what this year brings. The, the Firebirds are going to have to fix their fumble problem. They've had a lot of injuries to Brown Bassford, head coach, and this coaches have dealt with. But, I mean, their biggest problem is fumbling right now. They have got to stop that. I mean, they're dropping the ball like six, seven times a game. I mean, they're not losing all of them, but you can't put that many balls on the ground. It, you know, kills your play. So that's their big problem. But, yeah, it's just – it all comes down to north. Moving over to the college ranks of – quickly with football another Thursday night game last week you were out at Barton you saw that game it started well for them it did not end well for them what went wrong you know what what is what has got the Bulldogs and kind of this little funk that they're in right now what do they need to do to get out of it well that was the snake bit night if ever there was one um Barton scored on their first two possessions and on their second touchdown uh, the, the extra point was blocked because of the snap problem and that was a foreshadowing for the rest of the night um the place kicker jackson brooks had a tough night it wasn't all his fault he missed three field goals in the second half uh one was a 40 yarder that never he never even kicked it, it, it the, the snap was low the you know the, the the play never even got off the ground he missed uh, a 50 yarder um at the end of the game and he missed a 47 yarder those are really outside of his range. I think as long as Barton was a 44, he probably could have kicked it. But, you know, the game was played on Thursday because Hurricane Ian or Tropical Storm Ian was coming to Wilson. The wind was blowing. It was a crazy night to be sending a kicker out there to try a 50-yarder. He'd never kicked one. But Coach Chip Hester said, look, we thought about it. I knew that was against my better instincts, but it was our best chance because his offense had been completely shut down in the second half. They moved the ball. They didn't score on those three field goal attempts, but they they just couldn't get it in. That's Barton's biggest problem right now is, you know, they're not scoring points the way they should be or the way they want to. And a lot of it has to do with defenses really working to shut down Jordan Terrell. They're, you know, they're running back who was second in the nation in D2 last year. Um, so right now they're having a lot of problems just getting their guys, you know, out and getting their offense kind of consistent. Um, turnovers haven't helped. But um, they're in a position now where I know Coach Hester likes to play it day by day, you know, game by game. That's fine, but they got to win pretty much out the rest of the way if they want to have a shot at the postseason. It might be too late already. But that having been said, you know, they just have to keep playing the way they've been. The defense is playing well and just try to keep hammering and pounding and, and doing what they do. Um, I'm not an offensive genius like Coach Hester is, so he's got his work cut out for him trying to figure out ways to get a one-back offense in gear when that one-back really is your offense. Um, but you got to do it by, by throwing deep, by throwing short, by completing passes, um, and by not turning the ball over. That's hurt him this year. Well, you, I think it's kind of funny because it's similar. What you're describing with the defense playing well and the offense struggling is kind of similar to what had been happening to Hunt going into that game last week against Southern Wayne before they kind of broke through. So, you know, there, there's always – if your defense is playing well and you need to get your offense going, there I think there's hope because you've got, you know, that one side of the ball that you know can get it done and you just got to – you just got to kind of have that breakthrough game. But Barton's kind of running out of time here to do well, that. Barton's problem is they're in the South Atlantic Conference, which is as good of a D2 uh, football conference as there is. There's just – I mean, you can't – you can get one – when somebody doesn't show up, but you can't go into any game thinking like Bettyfield probably did against Goldsboro, maybe Hunt against Southern Lane. You should win this game unless you really screw it up. 
that's not the case in the South Atlantic Conference. Yeah. It, it, teams that play poorly play great next week, so it's just tough every week. Moving over to the uh, the tennis side of things, like you mentioned, everything coming to a head. Tennis regular season came to a close this week in the NCHSAA. The Fight Girls tennis team finished undefeated in Quad County Conference play for the second year in a row. Uh, this fact, courtesy of Fike Girls Tennis head coach slash historian Lee Matthews, first time they've done that, finished unbeaten in conference play in back-to-back years since 2005 and 2006, back in the old uh, new six conference. So pretty good accomplishment for what Fike has done these past couple years. And you look at the conference, too, with CBA Cock finishing second, Hunt finishing third, both pretty strong seasons. There's a, probably a decent chance for multiple dual team bids out of that conference. Oh, yeah, there definitely is because eight teams, Acock's got it because they beat Hunt twice, they'll finish second. Great, great first year by the legend himself, Donald Clark, who, you know, took Grand Central to two state championships and a whole bunch of state finals appearances. Um, for a team at Acock that really was had really two girls at the top, Mackenzie Millard and Courtney Howe, and then the rest of them was a little bit work in progress. So, yeah, they're definitely going to the, to the dual-team playoffs. Uh, I don't think Hunt's got a chance. The girls to dual-team playoffs are a little bit different. Um, yeah, what's really at stake now for Hunt, Fike, and, and ACOC are the individual tournaments, um, the conference tournament, uh, which should be held at Barton, and then the regional, and then state for the Atkins sisters, Caroline and Catherine Atkins, the junior twins at Fike. They've been to the state semifinals both years of their high school career. I think they're hoping that, you know, maybe this will be the year they break to get to the finals, maybe win the state championship. That's really what, what we're looking at in terms of down the stretch for, uh, for girls tennis around here. Yeah, definitely some exciting possibilities ahead for some local schools and local athletes. Looking to a sport that we actually haven't discussed on this podcast yet, um, I was, but this norm, you know, we would have thought, this would be me talking about this, but I'm going to ask you about this because I was supposed to cover this Monday, but ended up being out of commission. So you got to go out and see the 15th Wilson County cross country championship out at Gillette. Kind of, what did you see it? What did you see out there? Well, what I saw was what I've always seen at cross country with it. You stand around for 30 minutes waiting for the kids to come out of the woods. But I will say this, there is nothing that matches the intensity of two kids racing down the stretch giving it you hear people well they leave it all there nobody leaves it all out there the way cross-country runners do when they're sprinting down the stretch you know to see who's going to finish 16th and who's going to finish 17th doesn't mean anything in the in the overall scheme of the thing but watching the kids just do it is awesome and right now uh, the wilson county cross-country championship was started by tom griffith in 2007 he was the fight coach dwight vanderbilt wilson christian has really kind of grabbed the reins of sort of promoting cross-country throughout the county. And his team, the Chargers, I mean, look, nobody's going to beat them in the North Carolina Christian School Association. They're playing for bigger prizes, and they're getting them. They won the, their second Wilson championship. Lynn Scott repeated as the boys' individual champion. And Fike senior Cecilia Johnson won her third girls' championship. She probably would have won four and matched Lauren West of Hunt, uh, except for they didn't have it in 2020 because of the pandemic. So I guess what we're looking at as we go into the super busy time of year for cross country, 
Wilson Christian's having the pumpkin run Thursday night. You're going to be out there covering that. That's a big event. Um, and then they'll have another night uh, by the Moonlight uh, night races that they like to do as they go into the, uh, their, their, you know, they don't have a regional. They'll just have the state championship meet. Hunt and Fight Fight Girls have won every 3A Quiet County Conference meet so far. They could win that conference championship. They're going to um, have the, uh, they got a couple weeks of um, individual, well, they break the, the conference up and have dual, a couple of dual meets. Um, but the, the championship is going to be back at Gillette in three weeks, I guess. And so Fikes has a chance to do that. Let's see how they do in the uh, in the regional meet, in the state meet. We only had two runners from our entire area in the North Carolina High School Association championship meets last year. Uh, Fikes, Tierney Powers, and Benny Fields, Nolan, Gamwell. Um, hopefully we're going to have a lot more kids running the state meet this year. Yeah, I think we will when you look at the you know the seasons that some of these kids are having. And yeah, like you mentioned, I'll be out there to provide coverage of the pumpkin run out at Wilson Christian. So you guys are going to see plenty of upcoming cross-country coverage from us here at the Wilson Times. But in terms of this week for the Nash and Pine Sports Chat, I think that's going to do it. I want to thank everybody again for listening. Remind you all that you should at this point be able to get Nash and Pine Sports Chat Anywhere you listen to your podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on Pocket Cast, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts. If there's somewhere you get podcasts that we are not, reach out to me, reach out to us, sports at wilsontimes.com, and I will do my best to rectify that. Encourage you to subscribe to the Wilson Times, check out all of our content. And again, we just want to thank everyone for listening, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye.